welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. It is the second Sunday after Pentecost, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson speak on Luke 8:26. As you listen, see if you can answer these questions. The questions: 1. What is your greatest example of healing and wholeness? 2. To whom are you sent to proclaim the goodness of God? And three, how does Jesus confront my demons and the demons of today? In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Feels really good to be back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the man's life was a hopeless, fragmented mess in every way imaginable physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and relationally, he seemed to have absolutely no hope. That is, until Jesus walked up to him that day. On that miraculous day, Jesus made the demon-possessed man whole. God worked in his life in amazing ways. And yet, that miracle was not his alone. God has worked within God's children down through the ages. God still works in miraculous ways today, in your life and in mine. Oh, maybe not in as such a dramatic fashion as that experience, but still God works within us, bringing healing and transformation and wholeness. Well, after Jesus healed that demon-possessed man, he told him, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. You see, Jesus sent the man back home as a missionary to his family and friends and neighbors to declare to them the mighty works of God. But God also sends you and me out as his emissaries to our family and friends and neighbors to declare to them how much God has done for us. Well, let me set the scene that happened that day, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus encountered that troubled man. Before meeting the demon-possessed man, Jesus and his disciples had spent the previous night out on the storm-tossed Sea of Galilee. The water had been exploding all around them, waves crashing, the wind howling. They were quickly taking on way too much water, about to go down. Finally, just before all hope was lost, Jesus awoke from a deep sleep, stretched, surveyed the scene, then rebuked the wind. In that instant, the sea miraculously turned calm. The disciples sat there, stunned, filled with fear and awe, as they wondered, yet again, who this man Jesus really was. 
Well, eventually the disciples gathered their wits about them and rowed the rest of the way to the eastern shore of the sea, arriving still wet and exhausted from the previous night's ordeal, not knowing in that moment that yet another storm was already brewing. But this storm was not of nature's making. It would come as a result of mankind's rage and fear and ignorance and sin and sometimes stupidity. Today's gospel picks up the story, and I quote, They arrived in the region of the Gerizines across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time, he had been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town, end quote. We can only guess what that man's life must have looked like. For many years, his life must have been a never-ending, tormented blur. He had no control over any aspect of his life, mentally or physically. His mind was probably a foggy, jumbled mess of impressions, images, voices, and thoughts that assaulted him day and night. In any given moment, he must have wondered, am I awake or am I still asleep? You see, the boundaries between light and dark, day and night, all blurred into some confusing mess for him. He no longer knew who he even was. Oh, way back maybe in the deep recesses of his mind, there may have lurked some vague recollection of some former coherent self, a specific personal identity, but now these other voices in his head, these other personalities and relationships, they all dominated and overwhelmed his mind. Physically, his voluntary and involuntary reflexes were beyond his control. In one moment, his heart might be racing, causing him to pant like some wild beast. In the next moment, his heart would slow and almost stop. Bowels and bladder were beyond his control as well. His naked body bore the visible marks of his torment, bruised and cut. He was soiled and filthy, and he stunk something fierce. Wandering there among the tombs, the smell of the man was worse than the smell of the dead who were entombed there with their rotting and decaying flesh. People could often smell or hear this demon-possessed man long before they ever saw him, screaming, moaning, ranting, weeping, his life one never-ending violent storm. But he had not always been that way. What had his life been like before this internal battle, battle began to rage on? Had he at one time been married and raised a family? Was he a lucrative business owner? Had he been highly respected in his community? We are given none of these details. But we do know that over time, all aspects of his life had deteriorated. For many years, he had been embroiled in some fierce internal storm that was threatening to take him under for the last time. Being demon-possessed, his life was now completely out of his control. He was unkempt, filthy, vile, and wild. With chains couldn't even keep him bound. 
rejected by the community. He could no longer live around civil society. He was forced to live among the dead, as one nearly dead himself, there among the tombs, among the dry bones and rotting flesh. His life was filled with hopelessness and despair. But then Jesus stepped ashore and confronted his storm, confronted his demons. In that moment, Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, faced his pathetic shell of a Gerizim man. A battle ensued between Jesus and the demons, between light and dark. Eventually, the light overcame the darkness. The demons yielded their, their ground in this man's life, begging Jesus to let them leave the man and enter a nearby herd of pigs. Jesus consented to their request, and the demons were gone. The storm had ended. We are told what happened next, and I quote, People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane. Jesus, you see, had miraculously calmed this man's internal storm. He had made him whole. Jesus then told the man to return to his hometown and his family and to tell them how much God had done for him. How does this amazing story speak to your life and to mine? You and I have had to deal with our own variety of storms. We have sometimes been possessed by any number of demons. Maybe yours were the demon of shame or insecurity or pride or fear or self-doubt or addiction. Maybe your storms have come because of what other people have done for you to you or said to you. Maybe right now there is a storm brewing in your life. Today's gospel reminds us that God is still working to calm our storms. When we hear of the wreck this Gerizim man's life was in, it may be hard for us to relate to his story. Our storms are often less dramatic. They are much more subtle often than what we read here in this story. We might even doubt whether we have ever really encountered any truly fierce storms in our life. But if we look closely enough, we can see various ways that God has brought healing and transformation and wholeness to us. Each of us, you see, is a testimony of God's work in the human life. Just as Jesus had sent the Gerizim man back to his hometown to proclaim the wonders God had performed in his life, Jesus tells each of us to go and declare how much God has done for us. This call from Jesus is found in our Episcopal Baptismal Covenant when we are told to proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ. The good news of God in Christ is the transformational work that God has done in our lives, calming our storms, casting out our demons, bringing wholeness and holiness to us. We proclaim what God has done for us when we live lives of joy and hope and transformation, when we care for others and love them unconditionally. 
Go and declare how much God has done for you. The questions. One, what is your greatest example of healing and wholeness? Two, to whom are you sent to proclaim the goodness of God? And three, how does Jesus confront my demons and the demons of today?